Welcome to the Wake Park Church Sermon Podcast, a ministry of Wake Park Church in Northeast Minneapolis. We do everything we do because we believe life with Jesus is better. If you like what you hear, we'd love to have you swing by and join us for worship. We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and have other groups and ministries on various days of the week. You can learn more by going to wakeparkchurch.org. I'll be reading from Acts 1, um, 1 through 11, so take a minute to turn there if you need. In my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken to heaven after giving instructions through the holiest, I'm sorry, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hit him, hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up to the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Well, good morning. Wow. So good to see all of you here today. Um, well... Uh, before we get into the message today, the one you know one of the reasons why there are so many here today, we have the uh, the Walquist, uh, many of the Walquist family here today. I don't know if you have had the opportunity to hear yet, but uh, but Dick Walquist passed away this last week. Longtime member, all his life, his entire life, so 80, 80 years, has been a big part of this uh, church for a long time, and uh, so the family is uh, is gathered here today. Um, and, uh, of course, Friday is going to be the funeral service, Friday at 11 o'clock. There is going to be a visitation on Thursday night uh, from 4 to 7, 4 to 7. Um, and then also visitation on Friday morning, if you can't make it on Thursday night, uh, at, at starting at 10 o'clock. Uh, you can uh, do visitation there as well. But we'll just have, I think, um, I don't know if awesome is the right word, but, but an awesome time, I think, of, of celebrating a life well-lived. Um, of a guy who has had an impact on uh, on all of us in many ways. So I hope you can uh, you can join us for that. Um, of course, we'll be distanced and masked and all of that. But I think it's really important as a, as a church community to uh, to do these kinds of things together and recognize that that we are all part of one family. So um, I hope that you'll come and and be a part of that. Of course, it's been a <clears throat> it's been a hard year. In fact, it's oh sorry, kids. By the way. <laughs> Kids, today is pajama day, mm-hmm. right? 
And, uh, and all of the kids, these are some pretty amazing pajamas here. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, parents, it gave you a little bit of an opportunity to not have to uh, get your kids ready. They could just roll out of bed and come. Uh, but anyway, kids are uh, released to go to Kids Park. So you all can go to the back there. There you go. Thanks for reminding me, by the way. <laughs> I really love all the multicolored onesies. Yes. I need some of those in grown-up sizes. I know, I know. I don't think people would want to see me in that. <laughs> I didn't so. say for you, I right. said for me. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, anyone else have any reminders for me before we get into this? <laughs> uh, are we okay? All right, so, you know, it's been tomorrow exactly a year since we did our first online-only live stream. And I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember this, but we did it for 12 weeks. And, and I, I was talking, Abby and Holly and I were talking last night, and you know, we were talking about the fact that for those of us who were doing the services and doing the live stream production and all of that, it was kind of a cool time. You know, yeah. like we, we had to solve a lot of problems right. on the fly, and, and just with a small group of people in here, mm -hmm. there was some camaraderie here. And, yeah. You know, we, were, were, we came together to accomplish a task and all of that. So it was cool. But it also got old in a big hurry. And probably for those of you who were watching on live stream for a long time, probably also got old in a big hurry. You know, we try to make it as best we can. But there's really only so much you can do. And you can't really replace being in person and seeing each other and chatting out in the foyer and, and all of that. And, and I think, you know, we're kind of getting to that point where we're starting to see some better news. The numbers are going down. You know, and I think as long as we continue to, to do this wisely, uh, I think they'll continue to go down. But we're starting to get to this point where we can have a little bit more more freedom. And uh, many of you, uh, I don't know, how many of you have had uh, shots yet, uh, vaccines? Okay, so we, we've, got, we've got a few here um, that have had vaccines, and of course those are going to be continuing to increase and, and, and all of that. And, you know, our kids have been back in the swing of things for a while now. We, we figured that, um, you know, that we could do that because of the, the numbers and what they were saying about COVID and, and all of that. And overall, you know, we've come through this pretty well. I know a number of you have gotten COVID, uh, but nobody has really, ha nobody has had really serious uh, issues from it. You know, over the past year, we have had three members of our congregation pass away, including mm -hmm. Dick and Jim Montague and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and of course, Marilyn uh, back in, I think, November, okay. December. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been, it's been a hard year uh, for us. And, um, and I don't think I realized until recently, over the last probably month or two, how hard it's been on me as well. Because um, I, I think I got used to just living kind of in a fog. And that's, that's what I call it, is, is just kind of a fog that I just don't even realize like how much I miss the relationships and how much I miss getting together with people, how much I missed over those 12 weeks having people in the sanctuary meeting with us. Um, I, many of you know I've talked about that I struggle with a little bit of anxiety too and I've felt that over the last few months start to ramp up. And, uh, and so it's been, it's been really, um, really hard for me. Uh, I feel like I've always been 
stuck in this perpetual present and, and never really being able to look to the future, not really being able to see outside of the walls of my house or outside of the walls of the church and, and all of that. And, uh, and, and I think I, I've been hinting or, or just kind of mentioning over the last few weeks how in, in my prayer times uh, over the last two months or so, I really feel like the Lord has been speaking to me about a few things. And, and one of the things that I felt like the Lord has been saying to me is, is, all right, it's time for you to wake up. Just just personally, it's time for you to wake up. And I've really felt, as I've, as I've talked with God about this, that that's a message not just for me, but it's a message for us as the church. Uh, because I feel like we've kind of done the same thing, that we've been in a fog. And some of it by necessity, and, but some of it not necessarily. I think probably there are some things that we could have been doing or could have been doing better than what we have been. But I think this fog that is kind of over our society is something that has sort of infected all of, the, all of us. And, um, and so the question that I've been asking then is, is how, do we, how do we do this? You know, because it's not a matter of there's, there's this dividing line where there was COVID and now there's not COVID. You know, there are still some, some threats there. Uh, there are new variants that are out. And even though the numbers look good, if we're, if we're not careful, we could set ourselves back a little bit. And so, you know, we can't just make this sort of instantaneous push and everything is okay. Um, but, and so I've just kind of been, we've been talking as a staff and, and praying about, well, what does that look like for us as a church? What does it look like for us to, to sort of wake up? And, uh, you know, I know that there are reasons why many of you have not uh, come back to meet in person, and that's okay. I'm not going to force you to do that or, or make you feel bad because you haven't yet. Some of you have health reasons, and, and uh, you know, that's why you're still watching on live stream, and, and that's fine. Uh, but all this being said, what I want to do today is I want to talk about and, and maybe suggest to all of us that we start to take on a little bit of a mindset shift. Uh, when it comes to how we're, how we're living, um, how you know, we're operating within the church. And we, so we want to talk a little bit about this mindset shift. Now, as I was thinking about this, the, the scripture passage that came to mind is the passage that, that Dan read a little bit earlier from Acts chapter 1 and actually a little bit in, into chapter 2. Now, what's happening in this passage is, is that Jesus had been raised and he had been alive for 40 days. And when he was ready to ascend, he brought all of the disciples out onto, onto a mountain. And, and he really told the disciples two things. The first thing he told them uh, in the book of Acts was what, I guess, what you would call Luke's version of the Great Commission, where he said this in, in Acts 1.8. He said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of this earth. And this is something that we talked about last week. This is, this is actually the purpose of the church. This is the reason why Jesus created the church, to be witnesses to Jesus, to be the body of Christ in the world. And, uh, and then after he said this, uh, he, he told them another thing, actually before he said this, but the second thing that he said to them was, was don't try to do this alone. You are my witnesses, but don't try to do it alone. Look at what he says here in verse 4. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with, with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay? In other words, the Holy Spirit is the power that the church has been given to accomplish the task that Jesus gave us to do. 
Okay, and then after he said this, it says that Jesus was taken up into the sky. Now, imagine being the disciples at this point, where Jesus just gave you these instructions, and then all of a sudden, he is just gone. You know, and, and you've never seen anything like that. Well, I guess you saw a resurrection, so that's, that's kind of like this, right? But, you know, you're seeing some events that you just never thought that, that you would ever see before. Jesus is taken up into the sky, and I can imagine that it was surreal, and and. Even Luke says that they were standing there looking up into the sky, and I can imagine them with their mouths wide open. You know, at that point, they're not thinking about, you know, what do I look like or anything. They're just trying to take all of this in. Like, what in the world is going on here? And, and Luke, then Luke, the writer of Acts, says that two men dressed in white were suddenly standing there with them. And, and this is what they said. This is my paraphrase. He said, they said, what are you guys doing? Why are you just standing there staring up into the sky? You know, Jesus is, is coming back and you have work to do. Now, go to Jerusalem and do what he told you to do, which was, of course, to wait for the Holy Spirit. Okay? And, and as I was thinking about that, I thought, this is kind of a picture of what is happening right now for us. You know, we've spent a lot of this last year. One of, the, one of the benefits of this last year is it's given us a lot of space to be able to worship and disciple and to spend family time. And to, you know, for many of us, it's been a time where we've drawn closer in our relationship to God. And, but I do feel like at times that we are sitting here and we're staring at the sky and saying, what just happened here? And, and I feel like Jesus, it's kind of like Jesus is saying, why are you sitting here staring into the fog? Jesus told you what you're supposed to be doing, and he's coming back, and so now it's time to be about his business. Okay? Now, back to Acts here. Okay? What did the disciples do? Well, they went into Jerusalem, and I think many of you probably know the story. They were doing what Jesus told them to do. They were waiting on the gift that Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit, and in Acts chapter 2, they got it, right? They, uh, it says they were sitting together in a room when the Holy Spirit began to move among them, and there were tongues of, of fire on their heads, and they started to speak another language. In fact, they made such a strange noise that all of the Jews who were gathered there for Passover thought they were, thought they were drunk. They were wondering, what is up with all of these people who have been drinking in the morning, right? Uh, it, it was a pretty crazy scene when you think about it. But when the Holy Spirit came, they were on fire. They were absolutely on fire. They were ready to roll. And Peter stood up and he preached this big, long message. And when you go home, you can, you can read Acts chapter 2. I mean, this is a pretty challenging message to the, to the people that were there. And what Peter said was, was this is what the Bible said is going to happen all along. That I will pour out my spirit. And men will, uh, your young men will dream dreams and your young women will prophesy and all of this stuff is going to happen. So you guys shouldn't be surprised that this kind of thing is happening here. And, uh, and it says that over 3,000 people believed in Jesus on that day. Okay? That was the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, just an amazing scene when you think about it. Okay, now, this is the point of the book of Acts. Okay? And I don't know if you have notes there or whatever. If you want to write this down, this is the point of the book of Acts. That the same Holy Spirit that was behind the church then is the same Holy Spirit that is behind the church today. Amen. Right, you realize that, don't you? It's the same Holy Spirit. Yeah. All right? Now, look at what happened <clears throat> um, when they settled in 
you know, and they're trying to figure out, well, how do we incorporate 3,000 people into our fellowship? And, uh, you know, so there were a lot of logistical nightmares that had to happen. They probably had some good administrators, people with the, with the uh, gift of administration that, that could do that. But <clears throat> look at what happened when they settled in. This is, we're getting toward the end of Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Okay, now notice what's happening in the church. Now a lot of people make this out to be like this is what the church is supposed to be doing. And I think in a lot of ways it's true. Now they were, a lot of people also say that they were kind of neglecting their mission to, to go out into the world at the time. And that happens a little bit later. But even when they were here, notice the things that they were participating in. First of all, they were devoted to their spiritual growth and to the fellowship. Right? They were devoted to growth and fellowship. Now, specifically, this talks about the teaching of the word, eating together, which could mean communion, or it could just mean sharing meals. Uh, scholars are kind of divided about what that means. They were devoted to prayer. Right? Um, and it's the filling of the Holy Spirit here that empowers the church. And that's why the apostles were able to perform many signs and wonders. And, and I guess in the terms that we've been using over the last few weeks, God was doing immeasurably more than they could ask or imagine. Right? And it was a true fellowship. In other words, they saw each other as brothers and sisters. And it says they shared everything with each other. In fact, they even sold things so that they would be able to share with each other. But not only that, but they didn't just give to each other. Verse 45 tells us that they gave to anyone who had need. Okay? They didn't just care for each other, but they reached out beyond their fellowship because they knew that, that the God who called them to work for the, that God had called them to work for the flourishing of the world. Okay? And, and it says that uh, the result of that was, was that the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, and those were the things that were happening. They were committed to spiritual growth. They were committed to reaching out beyond just their own fellowship. And God was adding to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Now, that sounds like a great church to be a part of, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that I think most of us, uh, all of us believers, really long for. Um, and I think in many ways, that's the vision of, of what the church should be, okay? The body of Christ proclaiming the gospel and working for the flourishing of the world, okay? Now, today, I've actually asked Holly and Abby to join me up here because we've been having some conversations over the last month or two because we want this not to be just a desire that we have to have a kind of a shift in mindset, but we want to start to make plans as things start to open up a little bit more, and already just on Friday, the governor has started to uh, open up some of the restrictions and all of that too, and I think you know, probably over the next few months as more people get the vaccines and as we continue to, to behave ourselves, um, I think we'll continue that, that process, and, and hopefully sometime this summer, things will get back to some semblance uh, of, of normalcy, and we realize that things aren't quite open yet, okay, but... We want the spirit to move among us to the point that where, like Peter said, 
uh, in the passage from Acts chapter 3 a couple of, of weeks ago that times of refreshing might come. That sounds so good to me. And already, just seeing more of you here in the sanctuary, it's so refreshing to have you here. It really is. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy for that. It just kind of, it, it really gets me going here. So, <laughs> but here's the thing, is we're not the only ones who need the refreshing work of the Holy Spirit. All right? We have a neighborhood. We have a city. We have a world that also needs the refreshing work of the Holy Spirit, and we have to be ready to offer that. Okay, so what does it take for us as a congregation to be able to offer that, the offer the refreshing and the life that, that Jesus gives us? Well, the first thing it takes is prayer, yeah. right? The first thing it takes is prayer, okay? I, I remember um, when I re- first realized that 2020 was not going to be like other years, and uh, we had met for prayer, and I don't, many of you uh, probably remember this. We met at the Walquist home for prayer mm-hmm. meeting. And I don't remember how many people we have, but we packed. They have a big living room. We we packed it out. It was great. And we were, you know, praying for needs in the congregation. We were praying Mm -hmm. for our neighbors. We were, you know, and it was just a terrific time. But I remember on the drive home, I, the, the radio was on and they were talking about some, talking about Rudy Gobert, um, who is an NBA player for the Utah Jazz. And, uh, and he had made some joke about COVID because, you know, you were just starting at that time starting to, to hear a little bit about COVID coming to the U.S. And he made a joke about it. But then we found out that he actually had it. And I found out on that night that they were basically canceling or at least postponing at that time the NBA season. And I thought, oh, my. <laughs> the, you know, if they're gonna if they're gonna cancel the NBA season, this is this is something pretty seriously. This is pretty serious, right? And uh, and so after that, we moved the prayer meeting to Zoom, and we went to to live stream only services and all of that. And and even on Zoom, it was it was pretty good for a little while. But then, as Zoom tends to do, it started to kind of die out and, and and all of that. And uh, you know, Zoom. Is, is good, it's good technology, but it kind of slowly kills everything, doesn't yep. it? It kind of takes it, out all it definitely the... It definitely does, <laughs> yeah. So we've had a few faithful few um, over this year that have joined us on Wednesday nights at 7 for prayer. And as a staff team, we've been doing more of the listening prayer that we've been doing um, in Sunday morning services. And so we've been incorporating that into our um, staff meetings. And so in listening to God, we're just convinced that God wants to use us and stretch our church family. So there's three requests that we've been praying over our church, and we invite you to join us in praying these things over our church. The first is that we would grow in our understanding of who God is and reflecting him more. My favorite prayer in scripture is from Ephesians 3, verses 16 through 21, and I'll read it for us. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power in his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ. To know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the measure of fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So I've prayed this 
this passage over our church countless times, asking God to grow our capacity to love him and others, but also that we would grasp that he can do immeasurably more than what we can ask or imagine. So the second thing that we're praying over our church is that we become more dependent on God. So for him to do immeasurably more, it requires us to be dependent and to trust him. As we become molded into becoming more like him, it takes times of surrender in listening and in just being in prayer and being in his presence. The third request is that people would come to know God so that God has stirred a passion in us for our neighbors, that they would know God and they would find Jesus as our Savior and Lord. So these are the things that we would hope that you would join us in prayer. And we're also providing um, prayer requests for events and activities that we'll be doing over the next several months. So we want to do events like the Easter egg hunt that we're going to be doing, but we don't want it to just be a photo scavenger hunt. We want it to, to build meaningful connections and relationships with people in our community, that we have opportunities to share Jesus and share our faith and build deep relationships. So as more events come, we'll continue to to give you guys the prayer requests and the things that we're believing God to do within these events and within our church. But also on Wednesdays, I send out a prayer guide, just things that we're praying over our church, um, prayer requests for our, our church family, and also beyond that, for our community and beyond. So if you'd like to receive that, you can email the office, but you can also text the word prayer to the number on the screen, and we will make sure that you get that added to that list, so you can be in prayer with us. Prayer moves God on the behalf of his people. So we want you to join us in seeking God to do immeasurably more in our church and in our community. Now, I think the I think the number was maybe on the live stream screen, but we didn't have the number oh. here. So do you want to? Yeah. So it's six one two seven one two nine seven two seven is the and, phone number. And we'll make sure that we include that in the weekly, so yep. you guys have the opportunity to to uh, to text in prayer requests, or you can always email them. Um, if you're not a part of the the prayer chain for the church, uh, then you can just email us and just tell right. us you'd like to be a part of it, and we'll add you to it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth of the matter is, is the only way that we will really know if God will do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine is if we test him, yeah. right? Um, I can remember a, a while back, uh, Pastor Keith preached a message, and, and he, it was a message about prayer, but one of the things that he said was, he said that one of the ways that you find that prayer works is when you live a life that requires prayer, yeah. right? That, that if you live in such a way that if God doesn't come through, then you're going to be in a world of hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what it means to, to be dependent on prayer. And so I would encourage you guys to do that. I'd encourage you guys to, to join us on Wednesday nights, 7 o'clock. Uh, we're doing. We're still doing prayer meeting, and we would just like to really rededicate ourselves to prayer. Prayer for our church. Prayer for our neighbors. Uh, prayer. Prayer for our world. Uh, all kinds of stuff for us to uh, to pray for, and we hope that you'll join us in that. So that's the first thing that's going to take. It's going to take a dedication to prayer. Second, I think it's going to take a shift of mindset for us, and this is something that's going to have to be intentional because I, I think many people operate with this idea that as things start to open up, it's just going to be natural. But, you know, we've created some patterns and some habits in our lives, and and that's just the way we are. We're creatures of habit. 
And, uh, and, and so you have created some habits and patterns in your life that you probably don't even realize that you have right now. And it's going to take a, a change of that mindset. And so I want to encourage you just to start to make some intentional shifts. In, in your mindset. It's going to be challenging, I think, for a while. And, uh, but, but I want you to not be caught off guard when things finally start to, start to open up. Uh, because I think we're going to have a great opportunity as a church uh, to help people who have been in the same position that we've been for this last year, isolated and, and you know, feeling very limited, but have not had the you know, community that, that we've been able to have over this time. And so we want to make sure that we get a head start on this and start to change our mindset. And so for some of you, that means considering coming back in person. And I think it's so amazing that so many of you are already doing that. And I don't know, maybe that's, that makes some of you nervous because it's starting to get a little bit more, uh, more cramped in here. Uh, but, uh, but I think we're still okay. I think we still have some space in here. And if we need to, we'll create some overflow. But just being able to be here with people is a, is a pretty amazing thing in itself. And, uh, and I tell you what, we miss you like crazy. And, and some of you, like, when I, you know, it's been a year. And so some of you who have little kids... Like, your kids are practically teenagers by now. <laughs> right? Some of them are, like, walking down the aisles. I'm like, wait a second. They're not supposed to be walking yet. Like, you were like a baby the last time I saw you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, really, it's really cool. Anyway, uh, for, for others, you know, maybe you've been coming, but for others it means starting to get back into more of a serving kind of posture. Um, it means just kind of changing this mindset. You know, it's been no, been no accident that we've been focusing on spiritual gifts over the last few weeks. You know, on the one hand, we want this to be a long-term thing, but I think it's useful for us right now just to start to change our thinking, to start to change our mindset from, oh, it's COVID and we can't do anything, to, all right, let's get out there and let's start to use our gifts and let's be the hands and feet of Jesus in our world. And, uh, and so what we're going to do is in a minute, we're going to start to highlight some of the opportunities that we have that we're going to be presenting as a church over the next six months or so. But you also have that opportunity just to do that with your neighbors. You also have the opportunity just to do that with people around you, just to start to change that mindset that, that I'm here to, to be able to serve. And, uh, and so I'm really excited to be able to do this after a year of what I felt like was kind of a retreat that we can now start to, start to advance as a congregation, all right? So it's going to take a shift in mindset. Third, I think it's going to take a community spirit. Um, in fact, this is an area where I really want to advance. Hopefully, I, I always felt like there are a couple of ways that people, that people can go during this time. On the one hand, people could get used to watching church online in their pajamas with a bowl of cereal and, you know, not have to, not have to do all of the work that comes with getting kids ready to, to go to church and go out in the cold and, and all of that. And people could have just gotten used to that and go, you know, that's really nice. I don't think that's something that will last very long. I think people who choose that option eventually will just kind of fade away, Right. The other thing, but the other thing that I really hope will happen is, is that over the course of the last year that you have been reminded of just how important community is, yeah. just how important it is to be face-to-face -face with people and have those life-giving conversations with one another, to be a part of the fellowship of singing together, yeah. you know, of meeting in the foyer and drinking coffee together, and I hope that that created in you a stirring or a longing in your soul 
for Christian community, a reminder of why Jesus created this thing called the church, because we are, we're meant to be together. And so I hope that that's been a longing for you and, and that this last year has, has just reminded you of the fact, you know, something that it's really easy to forget about, that we really need each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and life is so much better when, when we're together. And so I want to I wanna start to encourage you just to start to dive into that and invest in that. A lot of the, like the private party or the being able to visit with each other, those restrictions are starting to be lifted. Uh, it's getting nice outside, and so if you yeah. want to start to get together with people, you could do it at the park in, in open air if you, if you feel nervous um, about all of that. But I want you to just be more diligent about starting to get together with people and started to starting to uh, dive into that sense of community. Yeah. So through this idea of community has just been core to what I've seen over the last year through our small groups. It's just been a great way for us to stay connected and to encourage one another. It, it's been a season where we've all needed support and encouragement at some point. Mm-hmm. Having time to connect and talk through the uncertainty and the changes that are happening around us, it's just been so valuable and so encouraging and and refreshing for us, even even being on Zoom. It was still better on Zoom than, than not meeting at all and not being connected and not being in that community and fellowship. And I'm just excited about the opportunity that we've had to learn more about the gifts and the passions, being able to learn and learn about my group and the people in my group, getting to know them better and how I can encourage them, support them, and challenge them has been just so awesome and encouraging for me. And so walking on our faith and community is what provides us the strength to get through the difficult times and to sharpen one another and strengthen one another. So community has just been a huge part of that. And just want to give a shout out to our small group leaders who have just been walking faithfully through this in the midst of COVID and navigating the changes and just reaching out to their group members and, and helping us to stay connected and to stay in fellowship. And so and that's me, just been huge. And, yeah, and let me add, because, you know, small group leaders and any, anyone who is leading during this time is going through the same thing. This is oh, yeah. one of the things that you see when a, when a city goes through a disaster, is that the people who are tasked with leading are actually suffering themselves, yeah. you know. And so that just, for, for all of you who are small group leaders, yeah. who have been going through it too and leading at the same time, just yeah. remarkable, remarkable job. Mm-hmm. And I just want to yeah. say thank you for... Uh, for taking the, you know, taking the uh, sort of extra energy to, mm-hmm. to be able to lead your people through this time. Yeah, so it's been so grateful for them and, and all that they're doing to, to love and care for their groups. The other aspect of community that we want to lean into is reaching out to our neighbors. So in 2019, we had the Easter egg hunt and Christmas in Northeast, and we just saw God show up through those events. And so our neighbors have been bringing, and our neighbors have been bringing non-perishable items to the office based on posters and posts that they saw last summer. So continuing to have them see us and donate um, so that we can help North Minneapolis has just been really, really awesome. And so we want to continue to build those relationships with our community through those events. So walking in COVID has been tough, and I felt isolated in the midst of being in community and having an awesome small group. So, But I I try to imagine what it would be like without God and without community. And it just compels me to pray for our neighbors, people who are struggling, who might not have anyone to talk to, who might have needs that that we could help with. So our church has been so blessed during this season, and that blessing allows us the opportunity and the privilege to be able to give back. But we can't do it alone. 
So we invite you to join us as we connect with our neighbors and serve them. Now, so, yeah. um, like I said, one of, the, one of the things that we want to do here is, is not just say, hey, let's, let's go get it. We want to give you some practical ideas and give you some sense of, of some of the things that, that we're planning and want you to join us in um, so we can do this together as a community over the next few months. And so we're just going to walk through that. And some of you picked up on your way in, if you're in the sanctuary, uh, a schedule of events that are going to be happening over the next few months. We'll have it on our website. And of course, we'll keep you posted on everything. And it's going to sound like a lot, right? But keep in mind, this is spread out over six months. You don't have, you know, not all of this is for everyone. Uh, some of it is for certain segments of the congregation. It's going to sound like a lot because we're going to talk about it maybe in the next 15 minutes or so, and we're going to try to cram it all in. So don't feel overwhelmed. We promise we'll do these events one at a time, <laughs> all right? So, uh, but, but we wanted to give you a sense of what's coming up over the, over the next few months. Now, of course, we've got Holy Week coming up, and actually, I'm really excited. Um, next week, we're going we're gonna to start just a three-week series on uh, the walk to the cross, and, uh, and just kind of thinking through that, that first message next week, I'm, I'm really excited about it because, it, you know, Easter is the core of everything that we believe. And so we're entering into, into this, uh, into Easter season, but also into Holy Week. And la if you remember last year, we had to cancel. I, I mean, we, we didn't do Good Friday service. We didn't do uh, Monday, Thursday communion. We did Easter online, which was the worst, right? <laughs> And, uh, and, and now we get to do those things. And, uh, and it's amazing because it's such a critical part of what it means to, to be the body of Christ is to participate in those things. So Monday, Thursday communion, and that's going to be a come and go communion here in the sanctuary where you can come and do some times of reflection and take communion. Uh, Good Friday service, which is always um, a, a very somber time, but a time that reminds us of just exactly what Jesus went through to, to buy our freedom. And then, of course, Easter celebration, which will be awesome as well. And now, finally, Abby, you get a chance to talk up here. So why don't you talk about some of the things that you've got going? Yeah. So one of the first things that's coming up is our Easter egg hunt. And that was actually, that was one of the first events, like not just church service, but events that we had to cancel last year. So we're really excited to be able to bring that back, um, but also acknowledging that we're still in this, this transition phase out of COVID and some families are comfortable gathering together and others um, for a variety of reasons need some more space or distance or things like that. So we have come up with a different way to do the Easter egg hunt that allows as many families as possible to participate while also partnering with a lot of our neighbors and local businesses. This so, is a great idea, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how it's going to work. The Saturday right before Easter, so that's Saturday, April 3rd, from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., we have neighbors that are signing up to put an Easter egg hunt sign in their yard. Um, and we already have more than 20 neighbors that are signed up to do this. And some of them are our church members, but most of them are actually people who have no connection to our church yeah. at all. Um, so then families are going to walk or bike or drive around the neighborhood looking for these yard signs that are out. And then they're going to take selfies with those signs. We're going to encourage them that, you know, if there's already a family by the sign, give them some space, keep our social distance as we can. Um, but they'll take selfies with the signs that they find. And once they find 10... They're going to come to the church parking lot, which is going to be our prize hub. And if they show us their 10 selfies that they've taken with these signs, they're going to get a treat bag filled with candy and goodies and all kinds of things. 
And there's also going to be a handful of special signs that are out there that will have a logo from a local business on there. And if our families find one of those and take a selfie with one of those, they can actually win a gift card to that business. And here's the cool thing about the gift card element to the Easter egg hunt, is that we're not asking businesses to donate them. We're actually purchasing them from the businesses. In the past, we've had so many local businesses that have given generously toward our Easter egg hunt and other events, but this has been a tough year for them too. So we want this to be an opportunity to bless them and add like a fun element to the Easter egg hunt as well. So if you want more information on the hunt um, and some of the other fun stuff that's gonna be going on, you can check the website. There's a picture right on the homepage that you can click on that takes you right to the Easter egg hunt information um, as well as um, the Easter egg event on Facebook. But if you want to get involved, there are a few ways that you can do that. Do that, And the first of them is to give. We need donations of individually wrapped candies. There's been a bucket in the foyer over the past couple of weeks, and we can certainly take more candy in that. Um, that bucket will be out there for the next two Sunday mornings, so you have lots of opportunity to bring those things in. You can also serve. If you're interested with helping us stuff prize bags or get the signs out to all of these neighbors who are signing up, if you want to welcome guests on the, the day of the event or any number of other things, I would love to get you connected to a place where you can serve and use your gifting. So you can feel free to send me an email. It's just my name, Abby, at waitparkchurch.org, or you can find me after the service, and we'll figure out how we can get you connected in that. But whether or not you're able to give or serve, we also want to invite you to pray. That's an important part of participating in the Easter egg hunt. Because Holly mentioned earlier, we can do an event like the Easter egg hunt in our own strength. We have gifted and talented people who have experience in this kind of thing. We can do it well, but we don't want to do it alone. We want to do this with God, empowered by his spirit, so that he can do things beyond what we can even imagine with something as simple as an Easter egg hunt. So in your take home, there's a couple of prayer points that you can be covering with us in the next couple of weeks. Or if you're open to some more specific requests that so you can pray even more intentionally, there are some blue sheets by uh, the exit doors that you can pick up on your way out. Um, but we just believe that God can do some amazing things through this event, and we want to ask him for those things and take him up on his offer to do immeasurably more. So last summer we did church in the park. And so it was a great way for more of us to get together and gather. And then we were also able to meet some of our neighbors. And so we're going to do church in the park again this summer. So we'll start this, we'll do it the second Sundays of the month, starting in May. So that's Mother's Day through September. And so I'm just excited to have more of us to gather together in the community and in our neighborhood to worship together. And so we'll do similar. We'll have people bring lawn chairs and sack lunches and all of that. Just having time to be a church family and to be in our community worshiping together. And this has nothing to do with COVID. Right. We, it was just great. It was. It was fun. It <laughs> Honestly, was great. there were neighbors that would just like, right. they were walking around and they heard something going on and they would just stop yeah. by for a while. Yeah. Even during when the worship team was practicing. Yeah. I remember one week a guy just came with his kid and sat there for a while and yeah. thanks for, you know, letting us enjoy some music. And yeah, yeah it was Got a great connection. Got to go over and talk to neighbors. And yeah. All that. It was cool. They yeah. asked us to do it every Sunday and we didn't quite get that done, but we're going to do it once a month. So it'll be great. <laughs> So on a lot of those Sundays that we're doing Church in the Park, there's actually some special um, milestones for our kids that we're going to start celebrating. So I want to highlight some of those here. Um, you've heard us say that ritual reinforces identity. So when we do things like when we take communion, we're reminded of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross, and we're reminded that we have been bought with a price, and we are part of this community that, um, that God has called us to, both here locally and then across time and space. So 
those rituals reinforce identity, and we want to establish some of those in the lives of our kids. So starting with our littlest ones, on Sunday, May 9th, our first Church in the Park Sunday, which is also Mother's Day, we are going to do a baby dedication. So if you've been at part of church circles for very long, you're familiar with a dedication where parents are committing to raising their kids in the wisdom and the ways of God. Um, and we're, we're still doing that, but we're also increasing in our intentionality and in helping parents prepare for that step. Um, we're walking them through a guided process of envisioning what they want to be true of their child when they reach the age of 18 and what's going to be required to get there. And the dedication ceremony will also be an opportunity for our church family um, to pray for and support these parents as they're endeavoring to raise them as God would have them do so. Another milestone that we're establishing is for our kids that are entering second grade. So back in 2017, LifeWay did this research study on the primary influencers of spiritual health in the lives of kids that led to faith that sticks into adulthood. And it was interesting listening to an interview by the people that were conducting this study. They, they work with kids, they work with the church, and they endeavored on the study and thinking that we're they were going to uncover something revolutionary, you know, that there was going to be something really surprising that they would discover. But actually, the number one thing that influenced spiritual health in the lives of kids and it carried them forward into adulthood, it was such a significant impact that it was like put in its own category amongst the 15 influencers that they identified. And it was actually reading your Bible. And they were a little embarrassed that that was the result they came up with. Like, we should have known that reading the Bible would influence spiritual health in the lives of kids, but it does. Um, so as our kids are entering second grade and they're beginning to read more independently, we want the Bible to be one of the books that they reach for. So on Sunday, September 12th, we're going to present all of our kids entering second grade with a Bible. And this Bible is going to be one that has their name engraved on the cover. Their parents, their kids' park leaders, their pastors, and other special adults in their lives will have gone through and highlighted key verses for them. It's going to be a milestone that helps our kids to see how important God's word is for them and also how God's word has shaped the people in their lives. This last milestone is a biggie. Um, it's called Foundations of Faith. And it's for all of our kids that are graduating fifth grade. It's going to incorporate our uh, sixth graders as well this year. But moving forward, it's going to be specifically for fifth graders as they're coming out of Kids Park and into youth ministry. I don't know if you've heard this before, but um, at the age of 12, kids stop deciding what they believe and start defending what they believe. So as our kids are at this critical point in their faith journey, in their lives, Foundations of Faith is going to be a capstone to the building blocks that have been laid over the course of their childhood. So our rising fifth graders and their parents are going to spend five weeks spanning from April 25th to May 23rd diving into the core tenets of the faith and the creeds, what it means to be part of the church, including taking a spiritual gift assessment like many of you guys have just done. They'll be learning a lot, but we're also going to be doing it in some fun and engaging ways as well, and wrapping it into with some opportunities to interact with our youth leaders as we make this handoff from children's ministry to youth ministry. And then at the end of those five weeks, the kids who have participated will be invited to be baptized at Church in the Park on June 12th or June 13th, and then they're also going to be offered the opportunity to become uh, student members of the church if they would like to be. So this is a huge step in our kids' faith journeys that's going to become kind of the linchpin on our disciple-making efforts with our families. 
And so this summer, we also want to give back to our community and to find ways to serve them. So on Saturday, June 12th, we are going to, at Way Park, we're going to have an event where we are, that we're still in the process of planning, but we have uh, some great ideas that we want to incorporate into the event to help us to give back and to serve some of the needs within our community. So some of the ideas that we're looking into is food packing or donations. Food insecurity is a growing concern in light of the pandemic. And so this is a way that we can kind of help meet some of this need. So bike tune-up is something that our church has done in the past. And it's just a tangible way to, to help this need and also usher in the summer. So Bloodmobile is another idea that we're looking into of just providing a way for our neighbors to get on board and to give, to give back and to serve by donating blood. We're also looking at doing an, a yoga class um, as part of this event. So it's good for our health. It helps to relieve stress, but it's also a way for us to promote a small, small business in our area. So this event is a, a way that we can build connections from these previous events that we've done. And as we get closer, we'll need more hands on deck and your support and prayer to make this a, a, a moment with divine appointments and God to just move and work through it. So I see this event as our way of giving back to our neighbors to demonstrate Jesus' love. Yeah, and that's also a great way for us to invite them to church in the park the next day. Right. You know, it's an easy in to connect with a lot of people in that way. Um, So also this summer, I've got to tell you that my favorite part of children's ministry is actually Vacation Bible School. (laughs) My mom was the VBS director every summer when I was a so I, I think that's part of what's given me this BBS bug. So <laughs> I am really excited to tell you that we are bringing Vacation Bible School to White Park Church this summer for the week of August 2nd through 6th. Um, so during Wilderness Escape, that's the program that we're doing, kids are going to dive into the story of God guiding and providing for his people as they journey through the wilderness with Moses. And what makes this particular VBS unique is that it's going to be a family-style VBS, which means parents as well as aunts and uncles or grandparents, will come with their kids so that they can explore God's word together and experience him as a family. So a quick note here, if your kids are grown, or maybe if you don't have kids, this family-style VBS is actually a great opportunity to take on a spiritual parenting kind of role. The last time I did a family-style VBS, there was actually a couple in our congregation who Um, didn't have kids of their own, but they went into their neighborhood and found a group of kids that they brought with them, and they were like their own little family during VBS that week. The guy had never been to a VBS before, and he came up to me. He's like, this is great. I love VBS. I'm so glad I get to do this. So you're going to be hearing more about VBS in the months to come, and including some ways that the rest of the church family can join with us in making this a one-of-a-kind experience for our families. But for now, just mark the date on your calendar and expect more details. And and finally, on uh, on August 15th, we're planning a baptism service, and we've already talked to Loretta, and and we're going to be able to do it over at the Walquists on Silver Lake. And this summer, we're going through a a series where we're talking about the foundations of the faith, and we're going to talk about baptism. And so you'll learn a little bit more about that. And for those of you, if you've never been baptized, uh, we would love to invite you to, uh, to take that step. We'll, we'll do uh, some more explanation, more class on, on what it means and prepare you for baptism. But we would love to, to have, you, uh, have you get baptized there as well. And for those of you, if you've already been baptized and you're a part of the church, I want you to understand how important of a milestone this is in people's lives. Yeah. 
They are a part of your church community because when you're baptized, you're baptized into Christ, but you're also baptized into the church community. And, uh, and so, you know, even for those of us who are not baptized on that day, mark that on your calendar and come be a part of this celebration, this important milestone in the life of your brother or sister in Christ. Okay, so that's August 15th. Well, I know, like I said, it sounds like a lot, but honestly, we're going to do it one at a time, yep. and, uh, and uh, we'd love for you to be involved, to serve our neighbors, to serve with our neighbors, to just start to change our mindset a little bit, to start to open up and, and see what the Holy Spirit can do through us and, and in us as a church. I, I really do believe that God wants to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And so, again, let me, let me just reiterate uh, what, what it'll take from us, okay? Number one, I would love for you to commit to praying directly for your church. I know many of you have regular prayer times, and, and if you don't already, add just specific prayer times for your church, for the events that are happening, for your brothers and sisters in Christ, for, you know, people who need healing, for, you know, people who just need a touch from God, who need to know that God is near. Just pray for your church and pray for your church family, your brothers and sisters, and be intentional about that. We would love for you to, to do that regularly. Second, devote yourselves to community. And, and I'm not just talking about coming on Sundays, although that could be part of it. Maybe you can come in person and you felt uh, kind of hesitant to do that to this point. And if you feel like your health allows or you feel comfortable doing that, or, or even if you, you don't feel comfortable but you don't really have any specific reasons, maybe take that step. And, uh, and come out and, and, and be a part of the, of the face-to-face uh, community here. And uh, so we would love for you to do that. And also just consider uh, giving someone a call and encouraging them, sending them a text and encouraging them. Get together for coffee, get together at the park if, if you feel, you know, or, or get together for dinner or something like that. As things open up, as you feel comfortable doing it, just be really intentional about reaching out to each other and we can bring each other out of this COVID fog over the next few months. Um, and then the third thing we want to ask you to do is just, like we've been talking about over the last few weeks, to develop and invest in and exercise your gifts to serve other people, okay? Um, And this could be through one of the events that we're doing. It could be just through uh, talking to your neighbor across the fence. It could be just reaching out to someone and and helping them in the grocery store parking lot when they they have a need. But just to start to shift your mindset um, a little bit and start to say, you know what? God has equipped me to be able to to do things, to, to serve and to help my neighbors, to be a witness to to Jesus in this world, mm-hmm. right? And that's what we wanted to tell you today. And I know it's, it's a little bit out of the ordinary. It's not what we normally do, not a typical sermon. Uh, but I want you to keep this, this image in your mind of the disciples when Jesus was standing there on the mountain and he ascended into heaven and they're staring there up at the sky. And remember what the, what the uh, men dressed in white, what the angels said to them. Why are you staring into the sky? This same Jesus who is with you is coming back, and we have work to do. Okay? Can we do that? Yeah. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for so many people who have gathered here together today, and for those who are watching on live stream that are a part of our church community. Just thank you for the gift that you have given us of of the community, that, that we don't have to try to be the hands and feet of Jesus alone, but that we have each other. 
to be able to support one another, to be able to, to care for one another, and to be able to work side by side as we seek to be the people that you have called us to be. And so, God, I pray that you would just help us to, to shift our focus, that you would start to, to free our minds from this fog that, that we've been a part of. I pray that we would do it wisely, that you would just give us insight into, into how far we can push and, 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 and be good neighbors and not, you know, set us back as far as COVID is concerned. But, but Lord, I, I just pray, Lord, that you would be speaking to us, that we would listen and we would obey uh, what you were trying to say to us. God, I really do believe that we are, that the church is uniquely positioned today to help us make that transition, to help so many people who have spent the last year isolated and, um, and, and all of the, the despair that people have been feeling, God. I pray, Lord, that you would, that your presence would be with us, that we would be there when people are trying to come out of this and trying to figure out what does it mean to, to get back to normal life. Lord, I, I pray that, that your Holy Spirit would empower your church to do the work that you have called us to do. And uh, may we be receptive to that. We pray this in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Wake Park Church Sermon Podcast from Wake Park Church in Northeast Minneapolis. We hope this week's sermon helped you learn to know and love Jesus more and serve him in your unique place in the world. If you have feedback or questions, get in touch with us by emailing podcast at wakeparkchurch.com.